Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obea. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell, all right. How's everybody doing today? Great. Okay. Mama dear, we didn't we missed you last week. I didn't get in at all. No, I, okay, you get you got in at the end. That's right, you got in at the end. You got in at the end. There you go. You got in at the end. All right, all right. Okay. Um I have a lot on my mind, but you know what? I don't want to explode. So it's it's in the okay, what is that water they have for uh, uh, for nuclear thing, the cooling water? You, you know, like in the um it, where they have the um, nuclear reactor, they have this cooling water that keeps everything cool. That's where I have the word that God has given me today right now, because it's really explosive. All right. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to it. <laughs> right. uh, but before we go, I don't know, did we have any, anybody have like any dream or any strong impressions this week or some word that, you know, God has given you for us to share? Well, I had uh, uh, an experience this week that was wonderful. Uh, I had someone come and anoint my doorway and they stood on the other side of the door and read the 91st Psalm. And it was beautiful to my ears. And I came right in, sat down and read it again. And, you know, it's wonderful to meet other saints and, and have them care about you, come and pray for you, even in times like these. And then I listened to a podcast of uh, our son, and he was preaching about the land of Goshen. And yeah. the whole week, all I could think about was the land of Goshen and being able to be there. Yes. So those, those have been my impressions and the things that have kept me from going crazy from all of the stupidness that you hear on the TV and I keep the TV off. You've been in fellowship with the Holy Ghost, that sounds like. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know the feeling. So I feel great today. Excellent. Excellent. Anybody else? I don't know. It's like, is people muted out? I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I did have this dream this week, and I asked God, okay, I don't really get it, but um, I don't really get it, but I'll, if, if there's something to it, give me another dream, you know, to confirm that this is you. And I, I've, I've dreamt every night like I often do, but I didn't get a second one. I'm still going to share it. Even though um, I'm thinking it might have been influenced by the events going on right now, mm -hmm. and uh, but because it was so vivid, um, I'll tell you what it was. There was I and a couple of people came and came in from outside, and we wanted to go upstairs, and we we're climbing up these stairs. So it's like you 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 know like have you ever been to high rise apartments? And like they have like a back staircase. Yes. Okay, yes. then it's not like the very nicely furnished one in the front, you know, with red carpets and everything. This is just like, you know, like fire escape. Yep. Good. Utility. Utility entrance. Exactly. Exactly. So we're walking up these staircases and then suddenly we get somewhere and all of a sudden the staircase starts going downwards. In other words, to keep going, you have to you have to keep walking down. I'm like, what kind of staircase is this? <laughs> you no, know? 
you know, what's, why did we come up all this way only for the road to start going down? I said, well, okay. You know, so we start, you know, walking down. And we go down to a, what's like a basement. So there's a door and I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe we have to go through here and get to the other side of the building and then take another, you know, bunch of staircases up or something. Mm -hmm. So as I open that door, I walk in and I'm in this hospital triage room. Oh my. And there's all these people on, you know, on the hospital beds moaning and groaning. And there are these, you know, hospital nurses, doctors and all that. And they're looking at me like, you know, what am I doing here? And I'm looking at the doctors and nurses and they have on their, on their, I don't know what, what it's, let's call it tables, raw chicken. And they're cutting the raw chicken. Mm. And I'm looking at the chicken. I'm looking at the people. Nobody's really, I mean, it's like, it's like a beehive of activities. Okay. So it doesn't make any sense to me. So suddenly I tell myself I'm in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So as I want to go towards, as I want to go towards the place I assumed another door was to get to another staircase, I saw three security looking guys coming. They're kind of startled. Okay. They don't come after me or anything. They're kind of startled. Like you know, they have the same look as in, what are you doing here? So me and the two people behind me, I tell them, I said, let's get out of here. So I'm thinking they're going to chase me. So I'm, we're not running. We're just walking. You know, we don't want to run because we're, I'm thinking if we run this, we will think we did something. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back out, get up that staircase, climb up. Okay. Climb down again and go out of the building. Okay. And now we're outside and we're talking to us and said, what's going on in there? So we're talking to us, you know, we're, we're like discussing with us and like, what's going on in there, you know? Hmm. And the dream ended there. And so I, got, I had this dream, like, I think maybe like Wednesday. And I, you know, told God, I said, okay, I don't really understand this dream, but give me another dream. Now he might have, because this is what happens to me sometimes. I'll get a dream and I won't remember it the next morning. Uh -huh. But like three days later, I will know I had a dream on Wednesday. It's, it's, it's like, it, that happens to me a lot. Or even sometimes I'm in church and I'll hear a word from God, but I didn't hear it in, I, I didn't hear it at that moment while I was in church. Mm -hmm. However, later on in the evening while I'm home, I'll remember that God told me something while I was in church. Now, remember while I was in church, I didn't hear anything. But my memory will make it seem as though it was something I heard while I was in church. Which oh, probably yeah. means that my spirit received it, but my consciousness, you know, my mind hadn't, hadn't downloaded it yet. So now it's evening and my mind is downloading what God told me a few hours earlier. So I, I, don't, I don't doubt that if that dream meant something special, not because my mind was influenced by the things going on in the world. Because, you know, we've been seeing stretchers, you know, yes. and coffins and all that. And that can influence, you know, your dream. So it doesn't necessarily mean that God gave me a dream. You understand that? this point. But I just said, let me put it out there in case, you know, somebody else, you know, got anything, you know, similar to that this week. I think it would be easy to get a visual picture just from what you're hearing so much about the numbers of people, the illnesses, the need for yes. ventilators. And that's the reason I turned it off because yes. my own mind was making images of what that would be like from having yes. a medical care background. Uh, and it was troubling my spirit. Yes. And so if I'm to trust God, and, and to believe what he says in his word, I cannot be allowing this external thing to give me internal visions like that. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because our minds are like 
the raw material by which the enemy is able to actuate his reality. That's right. You understand? The Bible says Jesus couldn't do much work there. Jesus couldn't do any miracles there because they did not believe in him. Mm -hmm. That means the power or the raw material by which the spirit is able to make changes and transformation is the faith of people. So if we giving our minds over to the, to the, to the devil, mm -hmm. you know, not knowing how to manage the news we're getting, then it might begin to cause us to make the fears that we have a reality. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. It didn't mm -hmm. say what kind of expectations we're having. Yes. I mean, listening to your dream, yeah. Brother Mike, I think that uh, the nurses cutting up the raw chicken yes. is saying that what, they're, what the world is telling us isn't, isn't really, it's nothing fully formed. I mean, you would have expected the nurses to have been cutting up um, cooked chicken to give to, the, to give to their patients, but giving uh -huh. raw, cutting up raw chicken they, yes. they, what they have has not been fully formed. It's not, it's half-baked. It's not even half-baked, it's raw. And not only that, chicken in the Bible is an unclean bird. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're feeding garbage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe, maybe you're saying that what they're giving the patients are not going to work because it's unclean and not from God. Right. And the patients there might not even be um, physical patients, you know, in hospitals. That's, That's what right. I was thinking, that they weren't talking about the patients in the hospitals. It's what we're being fed in the press, in the world. Uh, That's what that, I think. That it's unclean. It's half-baked. It's, it's not even baked. It's, it's unclean and it's raw. And it's not for us. Right. And, and it's to incite our minds to riot, yes. take away from our faith, and to give you this busy, busy, which gives you dizzy headache. Yes. Now, I consider that from the enemy. Yeah. Yes. And then the conspiracy of people trying to cover up their own wrongdoing, the truth keeps coming out many weeks later yes and i sometimes the lord did not tell me this is just deep inside of me i feel we're going to learn later on that this has been a world-class conspiracy where somebody has felt like they wanted to be ruling us and god is going to say no not yet not now i'm still in control so i mean you know yeah. if if Worlds, principalities, people with money, whatever, if they're trying to do something like that and to use our fear, it is not going to work. Amen. Amen. And that's what I take away from all of this. Mm. Because we go back into the Bible and see where pestilence, pandemics, and all these sorts of things have happened. God was in control. And I believe he's still in control today. You know, the Apostle Paul says something. He says, the time has come that judgment should begin in the household of God. You know, until, funny enough, it takes things like this to make you get, you know, better understanding. Mm -hmm. I've always wondered, you know, when he says judgment shall begin in the household of God. You know, I knew, I know that the house of God is the place of sanctuary, mm -hmm. okay? But in the house of God, we certainly have issues. Um, but the issues that you and I th think we have, when I study the scriptures, that's not really what judgment came for. And, you know, in the book of um, Peter, Second Peter, the, the scriptures I said God gave you today, it, it's going to address some of those things. I believe that the things that are happening to the world are the consequence of the things that the church is doing. Mm. 
that God can't really be judging the world because the Bible tells us that the world lieth in sin. So the world can't be more sinful. So it's the priests of the world, that's the church. It is us that must be letting these plagues come in one way or another. Right. And it's not just a hypothesis. I actually found that in scripture this week. Mm. And that's what we're going to take a look at. And now, why is it that way? I don't know. Could it be that's the methodology by which God, you know, purges the world? I don't know. But nothing is happening to this world primarily because of the world. It's happening to this world primarily because of the church. Okay? So let's look, let's look at the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Amen. 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 Anybody can read it. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Okay. Now, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay. It says, Judgment comes because of the church. And, you know, the chapter we just read. And it yeah. says, The sons of God were the messengers of God to mankind. They were men. Now, you, you see the way it says the sons of God, correct? Yeah. And it says God was upset because they got married to the daughters of men because they were beautiful. The word fair there is just old King James way of saying beautiful. Right? Right. Yes. Okay. So that is what precipitates Noah's flood. Huh? That there was a group of people who were the people of God and they were intermingling with ordinary people. Now, you probably have heard many preachers say that those were the fallen angels. Now, those were angels that were marrying women. Have you heard that before? No. Okay. All right. So this... Most churches, they will teach and tell us that these were angels marrying women. But notice that God says, God refers to these sons of God as men. He doesn't refer to them as angels, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So let's look here that God is bringing a flood to the earth not because of the daughters of men. Not because of ordinary men, but because of who? The sons of God. Because of the sons of God. Okay? Now, so, that becomes the basis of the understanding I began to receive. That judgment comes because of the house of God. So, how can I be certain. Well, Peter talks about the exact same thing, and we'll see that in Second Peter chapter 2, okay? So if, you, if somebody can read for us Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 21, and another person can read us Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 18, okay? Just a minute. Go ahead. I have Second Peter 3 uh, that came to me before the other one. What was the first one? Second, it's right there on your screen. 
Oh, okay. I have to make it bigger. Second Peter, Peter 2. Second Peter 2, 1 to 21. Second Peter 3, 1 to 18. Okay, I've got Second Peter. Second Peter. Okay, who's got Second Peter 2? I do. Mom. Okay, Amen. mom's got Second Peter 2. Who's got Second Peter 3? I have it. Okay, great. It really is lurking in the shadows. I'll get her. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's first and second Peter, first third John. So second Peter right. chapter two, verse one to twenty-one. Do you want me to read now? Yes, ma'am. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of the truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lies of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these, means, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slander, slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like beasts, they too will perish. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in the broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes revealing in their pleasures while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They in greed and accused brood, they have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Boar, or Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness, but he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These men are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them, for they mouth empty boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity. 
For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If they escape the corrections of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. That ended verse 20. 21. Oh, 21. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turned their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. All right. Okay, so why don't we break this down a little bit before we go on to 2 Peter 3. Okay. We can see here who the target of Peter's word is. It's men of God who have chosen to use the gospel to enrich themselves mm -hmm. and to play on our natural instinct for sin to let us feel it is okay. Correct? Yes, yeah. it looks like it. Okay. So now, if you are engaged in government corruption, as long as you bring tithes to the church, even though the pastor knows, he'll huh. pray for you and say, God is blessing you. But he knows that this is corrupt money. And so on and so forth. Correct? So we can see here that he's not talking about the people of the world at all. Everything we just read here is about the church and the leaders of the church. Wow. Now, if we continue now, we go to 2 Peter chapter 3 from verse 1 to 18. We'll see the consequence to the world for these people's actions. So, so let's go ahead. Whoever got um, chapter 3, 1 to 18, please. Amen. Amen. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord mm -hmm. is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall met, melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. 
and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. And also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. 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 So, look at verse 10. That's the central verse here. Can you repeat verse 10 for us, please? Yes. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Okay. When it says the elements shall be melted, it refers to the systems of the world. Have you heard that, oh, the, the health system of New York is overburdened? Yes. You've heard that the health system in Italy is overburdened? Yes, they, they all are. Have you also heard that our financial system is overburdened? Everything, whether you're communists, capitalists, um, what's the one they have in Iran? Um, um, theocratic, right? Nothing is working. Nothing can save us. Now, imagine that what we're experiencing now is not even the real thing. Let's just assume this was not the real thing. We can see already that all the doctrine, all the knowledge, all the science, everything we have put our faith in as the principle by which society should be organized has failed. Now, the Bible tells us that there is a certain principle by which the people of God should live by. Can someone please tell me what that is? Righteousness. Okay. The just shall live by? Faith. Faith. Righteousness is who you are. You cannot become more righteous. You know why? The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You remember that song? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody heard that song before? No. Yeah. Yeah, no one would know that song. That's okay. an old one. Exactly. Okay. But we see, we sing these songs and we don't understand what it means. You are righteous. You can never become any more righteous than you are. Because righteousness is not the acts or the deeds that you perform. Righteousness is the relationship that you have with God. You remember your basic Bible believing when you became a Christian, the first thing they told you was righteousness means what? <coughs> Anybody remember? Right standing with God. There you go. Right standing with God. Yep. It's not, oh, you don't eat this, you don't drink that. That's not righteousness. <laughs> righteousness is a status that God gave you. It wasn't your good deeds. But now, how do you live? You live by faith. 
Faith in what? Thank Faith in the word of God. You get it now? Yes. So the reason the world cannot withstand the pressure is because it is not founded on the principle of faith in the word of God. You and I have the opportunity to be exemplars of that world. When you hear people say, oh, I believe in Christ, so I'm not going to wear face mask, I'm going to go into the hospital ward, and I don't care, coronavirus can't touch me, that's ludicrous. It's not that God can't do that, but you must receive a word from God to do that. You can't say, I read it in the Bible, so I'm going to go replicate it. Oh, I saw Daniel in the lion's den. Where's the closest zoo? (laughs) You know, and that's what people are doing. And they consider that to be faith. That's not faith. That is called tempting the Lord. Yep. Remember that Satan told Jesus to, to do something? I don't know if it was the turning the stone into bread or jumping from somewhere. And Jesus said, don't tempt God. Mm-hmm. Because the, the devil quoted the scriptures for Jesus. By the way, he added something. The devil can never quote the scriptures completely, by the way. Because then it becomes the word of God. He either adds something or takes something away. Uh-huh. Go read every time he's quoted, every time the devil has quoted the scriptures in the Bible, you'll notice when you go to look for the real word, you'll see he added something to it. But that aside, you and I have to be careful because as believers, the danger that we have is tying ourselves to any worldly system. It doesn't matter what that ideology is. It doesn't matter what that religion is. It doesn't matter what that political philosophy is. The organizing principle around which you organize your life has to be faith in the word that God has revealed to you. No matter the pressure your children give you, No matter the pressure your parents give you, they want you to conform. This is the way we've always been. This is the way we've always done it. That is what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, is going to be tried. Mm. Now, there is something that God says has been tried seven times in the fire and has never melted. Okay, Psalm 12, verse 6. And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver refined in a furnace of clay, purified seven times. Okay, does someone have another version? Yes, I have King James. Okay. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Okay, so the word of God has been tried by fire seven times and at no time has it melted. Correct? Refining refining fire. Refining fire. That means, you know, real hot fire, correct? correct? Okay. Now, let's look at how important the word of... Now, remember, our health system is being refined in the fire and it has shown us that it can't stand the fire, correct? That's correct. Our financial system has shown us it can't stand the fire. Our religious system can't stand the fire. The word of God is so important. Let's see where God puts his word, okay? I'm going to give you a scripture. Psalm 138, verse 2. I will blow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Hmm. 
That's strange. Uh, can we get another version? Yes. Okay. Amen. Amen. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Do you notice that the people who translated mom's Bible were uncomfortable with what it really said? That's why I hate all these translations. I have seven Bibles. Okay. The word says, God says, he has put his word above what? His name. His name. Now, let that sink in for a moment. Okay? His name is his character, his person. But he says he has put his word above his name. Why is God saying this to you and I? He's telling you, you have to be a word-propelled being. I'll say that again. You have to be a word-propelled being. I like that. You cannot be motivated by anything else. Not your feelings, not the love, not hatred, not your knowledge, not anything. Not your political system, not your patriotic, your nationalism, your, all of these things. These are all good. They have their place. But you cannot build your future on them. Interesting. That's and true. so we began with Peter telling us that describing certain people and so on and so forth, okay? And it's easy for you and I to point fingers and say, hmm, that reminds me of Kenneth this. <laughs> that reminds me of um, TB that. But the truth is, at the end, it's not that those people made mistakes. It's that they were willingly ignorant. Did you notice that phrase? I think it was where Kay read it. Who, who read the part where it says a thousand days, a thousand years is like one day? I did. Sorry, what verse was that? That was verse 8. Okay. So now 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Could you read that to us, please? Yes. Amen. Amen. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Continue. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it was verse 7. Amen. Yeah, where it says they are willingly ignorant. Oh, that's verse 5. Okay, go ahead. Verse 5 then. Oh, I, I probably need to. Okay. Amen? Amen. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Thank you. So we can see here that willing, willing ignorance, that is la, 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 la. You know how kids do? Like yep. on the playground where you're saying something to them they don't want to hear? Yep. And that's what God is talking about. People want to be willingly ignorant. It's not people who are ignorant through no fault of theirs. The only people that can be willingly ignorant are the people of God. Why and is that we, because they think they know everything? No, because they have something that they want. In this world, that was why he told us about the prophet Balaam. Remember the prophet Balaam was offered a lot of money by the king Balak right. to curse Israel. So the context here is Peter is telling us that there are things in this world that we want. And when those things are in conflict with the will of God, 
or the word of God, we become willingly ignorant. We don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Want to create a doctrine around what we want and say, we want to pray to God for God to be with us. You remember the story about Abraham Lincoln and one of his generals, and the general said something about God is with us. And Abraham, um, Abraham Lincoln says, I know that. I'm just hoping that we're with God. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so well, I don't know how true that is because there are so many stories by Abraham Lincoln, but I like that one. Okay. That, so, sound, that sounds good. <laughs> okay, exactly. So what we're looking at here is what, how we are going to survive in these times. Because I'm praying that this is just like a last trumpet from God to us saying, you know that thing I used to tell you guys about when I would tell you all a time would come that the shelves would be empty and you couldn't go here, couldn't go there. Guys, well, this was just a test run. You believe me now? Whoa. I'm hoping that Ooh. this is what this is. I'm praying. Okay. I don't think it's a test. But if this is the real thing, <laughs> then it's only just begun. <laughs> it's going to get worse then. And the question is, can we make it to the end? Yes, we can if we understand the word of God, because the word of God will provide. Notice what it said, the, um, verse five. Do you notice the last part of verse five you just read, Kay, says that the world which is now is standing because it is held up by what? Water. No. It says the earth is standing out of the water and in the water. Yes, continue. That's the end of verse five. No, you, you continued. Did you go okay. into six? Okay, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. And then verse 7, yeah. but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Exactly. So the, the heavens and the earth, which are now held up by the word of God, or created by the word of God, are in existence waiting to be tried by fire. Correct? Yes. Okay. Now, do you remember the Apostle Paul? If you notice in um, verse 15, he talks about the Apostle Paul. Yes. What does it, go ahead, read verse 15. Let's see what he says. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Okay. So he's saying Paul has told you something similar. Let's look at what the apostle Paul said, and we can stop there and, you know, take any questions and then, you know, go on. Um, let's look at the apostle Paul. He says, every man's work will be tried. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. What chapter in First Corinthians? Chapter 3, verse 13. I have to bring my different Bible so that I can sound like the rest of you. <laughs> One day I'll do a teaching on Bible history so that you can know how to use Bibles. There is not one Bible that's perfect. Every Bible has flaws. I mean, all the Bibles we have today. Okay? It is easier to reconcile the problems in the New Testament. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because that was the very first, right? We, we have manuscripts that go back as far back as 25 AD, which means they were really close to Jesus' time. Okay? okay? As for the Old Testament, it was never compiled until about 250 BC and was compiled not in Hebrew, but in Greek. Okay? So we got to know how to study the word. Okay? So if, there, if you have like five different versions, and four of them say the same thing, 
and one says something different, then that one that says something different is probably wrong. Not intentionally, okay? But just from translation, from going from Hebrew to Greek, from Greek to Latin, from Latin to German, and from German to English, words are going to change meaning. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. It's not that it was done intentionally. Okay? So people saying, I go with this Bible or I go with that Bible, don't really understand it. You can't say that. Every single Bible has a flaw. The reason we go with the King James is because it's the one that generally has the least amount of flaws. But it still has flaws. And I think it's harder for the sinners to read it. <laughs> it's probably harder for everybody because of the Shakespearean English. Okay, have we found it? Yes, amen. Amen. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Do you notice Pete, Paul is saying exactly what Peter was saying, but Paul is now coming directly to you and I, and he's talking about you and I's work. What work is he talking about? Is he talking about your job as an accountant or a computer specialist? No, your life. Your life. It's being tried with fire. And if your life is based on some political principle, some racial identity, some religious identity, Paul says it's going to be tried with fire. But what is the one thing that God told us has been tried by fire seven times and has never been burned? The word of the Lord. The word of God. What's the one thing that God says he puts above his name? His word. There the you word. go. How does faith come? By hearing. Exactly. And that's what we were doing today. And People don't seem to understand the value of studying the word. They think that studying the value of studying the word is just learning something new. That's good, but that's not the value. The value is that when you and I leave here, unconsciously, our faith will be stronger. Simply because we interacted with the word of God. It's a mystical thing. The word of God is a mystical thing. That's why sometimes if you put the, uh, a cassette or, or, or CD next to a person who's ill and it's just playing right by the bedside, the word of God, suddenly all the pains they were having suddenly go away. Yeah, this happens hearing, all the time in hospitals. They're hearing the word. They're hearing the word. It takes them away from everything. They're following along. It's just a story about David. It's just a story about about Jesus, but what is it? I think the word is reassuring and it hey, cuts go, right go to Starbucks pain. right now, go walk into Starbucks right now with an encyclopedia in your hand, nobody will look at you. Walk into that Starbucks now with the same Bible, with a Bible and everybody will stare at you. <laughs> They're judging me. <laughs> Why? Because it makes us uncomfortable. We know what's in there but we don't realize that it's for us. We're afraid of it for nothing. Adam ran away from God. God didn't chase him. You and I don't have to run away from God because we know we are his righteousness. Amen. That's who we are. He, he has more at stake for us to win than we do because we don't even understand the value of winning. You know, it's like some of us, you know, if somebody says something to us, suddenly we get upset with them. I'm not talking to that person anymore. It's like a guy running a marathon race, you know, and the crowd, someone in the crowd there is, you know, calling you all kinds of names, jerk, this, and you leave the race and go fight the guy. <laughs> you understand? Paul says we're only crowned. He said all run, but we're only crowned if we run lawfully. You can't get off the track and come back on without getting some penalty. Mm -hmm. You can start, you can continue racing, but you just lost 10 seconds. Or how many seconds it was you lost? You lost it. Lost the whole race. 
but the important thing is to get back on into the race. We walk and we run by faith. Amen. Amen. Okay, I think I'll stop here. Um, we probably went well, not bad, not bad. We're just slightly over an hour. Okay, any questions about what we shared today? No, or any good. comments or anything somebody wants to add? It, it's wonderful to study the Bible with someone. Yes. I guess my question is on in the second Peter. Yes. Um, the, the text <laughs> two, when God was ad addressing the fake prophets. Yes. And the question is, okay, so I know he says that they will pay for their sins, but is there any punishment at all for them right here in this world? Sorry, ask the question again. Is there any is there punishment any for them? Right here, right now. Or oh, yes. Carry on, or then we will, yes. they will see their punishment, you know, in the last day. Is there anything for them as a yes. Right yes, that, and that's an excellent question. The problem is that the punishment doesn't come on them alone because they're the prophets of God, they're going to bring punishment on all of us, especially anybody that listened to them. <laughs> okay. They have many followers. No, no, not just the followers. Look, the, it's because of the, the 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 false prophets that you saw the damage. See the okay. What we remember the, what we we let we we set out to show to demonstrate was that God was talking about damage and punishment coming to the earth, right? But right. the preamble to that was the work of the false prophets. Right. I think the problem was we didn't um, break down chapter two. We broke down chapter three of Second Peter, because in verse one it says, at the end of verse one of chapter two, yeah. it says, um, "The Lord that bought them." Okay, it says. Uh, let me just read the whole verse. Okay. But they were, but there were pr false prophets also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Right. Okay. Now, for you and I, destruction isn't this thing happening in the world right now. For you and I, destruction is separation from God. Okay, not seeing anything wrong in making merchandise of God's people, in creating doctrines to justify what we want to do. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. But along with that, you, you and I, or the false prophet, or the false teacher, is bringing damnation to the world. physical damnation to the world. So yes, he or she will have judgment in this world, but not as an individual, just himself. This is important. Any individual, any Christian, any, any individual that gets any kind of punishment from God for himself is still being used by God in a positive way. Can I say that again? Yes. Any individual, any minister who gets any kind of punishment from God for something or some things he or she did or is doing is still acceptable to God, is still a minister of God, and is not the world is not going to receive any punishment because of that person. Wow. Because God loves that person 
for some reason, that person still loves God. So that person might be going through something, some dealing with God. It's personal between he and God. What we're dealing with here is different. God has given up on these people. So they're having, they're enjoying their life. They're having a good time. Are you with me? Yes. They're having a good time. So you cannot say, when you look at them from the outside, that they're having a problem. They look, everything looks good. They have mansions, they have this, they have beautiful cars, they have everything. But they're no longer in that place with God. Spiritually, they are now dead. But they that's still continue leading the people astray. Yes, that's why Peter said it would have been better had they not known the way of truth. But that after having known it, to turn aside from it. Isn't that what we read somewhere? Yes. Good. Yeah, so, because in verse 7, he yeah. talks about Lot. He says, he and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Verse yes. 8, but that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Yes. So, the people that God is, this, this people Peter is speaking about here, let me put our minds to rest, okay? Before you get to this place as a Christian, oh my God, you must have done so much, okay? The fact that you have a mega church doesn't make you a false prophet, okay? Hello, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, we're here. All right, so you and I can't use anything on the outside to recognize the people Peter is talking about here. Because these people could still be doing miracles, but God is done with them. Because it's, the key thing is the relationship with God. They will lose that. Remember when God was angry with the children of Israel and told Moses, I'm not going to go with you. I'll send my angel to go with you. What did the children of Israel say? They said, it's okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's hurry up. Let's go. The promised land is waiting. And what did Moses say? You, you all remember this story, right? Moses yeah. said, no, God, if you don't come with us, we're not going. Yeah, they they could do nothing on their own. <laughs> the people didn't care that God wasn't coming. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know sometimes, when, you know, sometimes I don't know whether to laugh, to cry, or to keep quiet. Okay, because <laughs> it's it's almost like us. As long as we got money in our bank, you know, we got food to eat, and everything looks cool. Who cares whether God is with me or not? Okay. Yeah, something happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's why I said to you, when God loves you, something happens to you. Because he knows you're such a dummy, unless something negative happens to you in this world, you never know something is wrong. So we will come running. Exactly. He never, he never lets us go through hardship because, oh, he hates us. No, he lets us go through hearty because he knows that's the only language we speak. But he doesn't want us to deal with him on that level. He wants us to deal with him on the level of whether I'm rich or I'm poor, whether I abase or I abound. What matters to me is my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Wow. So the false prophet can be, doing, can be doing really well. In fact, are most likely doing better off than you are. <laughs> when it comes to punishment, you're probably being punished more than they are being punished. Because you still have a heart after God and you're still thinking, God, this thing I'm doing, is it right? You're still questioning yourself. You're still doubting yourself. You're still avoiding fellowship because you think you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. They, the, the, the false prophets, the false teachers, they don't care about any of that stuff. 
But it is very, very difficult to find yourself in the place of the false teacher and false prophet. God willing, if we want, we can go into this more next Saturday. Okay? okay. I personally am afraid to step out of that covenant relationship with God. Uh, it's like I said, it is, it is more difficult to find yourself out of that covenant relationship with God than it is to enter into it. Okay? okay. What Peter is referring to here, uh, it's, it's, it, it's very difficult to ever find yourself in that situation. And I, like I said, if you want me to t share more about it next weekend, I'll try to get prepared and, you know, we'll talk more about it. But none of us here should be worrying about that right now because we're like 10 billion miles away from that. But it exists. And because it exists, we all in the world are suffering. Mm. That's what I want you to remember. The world is suffering not because of its sins. The world is suffering because of the false prophets. That is why the last page of the Bible, it says, and the beast and the false prophet were thrown where? Lake of fire. There you go. A false prophet must be someone that had something to do with Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't find a false prophet among Muslims. You can't find a false prophet among Jews. You can't find a false prophet among anybody except among the Christians. We're supposed to know better. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay, so I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, do I order? You can always go. Okay to our website, you can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons, hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we'll be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button, okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us, okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going. Okay, so thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.